You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy Tom here and we are back. He almost got me. He almost got me. I thought I caught you slipping. Thought I'd get you slipping. We are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Woo, fellas, fellas, fellas. I wish, I wish that Gary would have made it to the fantasy football playoffs instead of being trash because his team went off this week, boys. But That's usually how it works. That's yeah, usually you know. how it works. Your team go off when you don't, when you either out of it or don't have a chance and you don't have that. We knew you weren't going to make it, Gary. We knew it. Uh, they just caught me in a down week. They caught me when everybody was down in fantasy, and I got the lowest points I've ever gotten all season. And it caused me not to make it to the finals. Dang. But also, somebody else on this chat didn't make it to the finals either. <laughs> yeah. Not only did I not make it to the finals, I didn't make it to the finals in epic fashion. I needed Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb to outscore the Cowboys defense by, like, 19 points, which sounds like a lot, but when you have Dak going for four touchdowns last week and C.D. Lamb, you know, missing, and then the Cowboys just happened to have two touchdowns, and it was just like complete shit show. And then not to mention this week, if I would have made it, I would have blown everyone out in the champ that would have made it to the championship game uh, that had a chance, I should say. And then, uh, well, that's, that's, that's not even the, the worst beat. Uh, one of my buddies in his other league – uh, he was down by three points, and he had Miles Gaskins playing. Miles Gaskin got him two point seven. Oh wow! <laughs> and he yeah, lost. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. Well, D, you you cut out on us last week. Yeah, you just disappeared. What the heck? You just say screw the podcast, or what are we doing? Look, no, I I didn't say screw the podcast. What happened is is uh, my phone died because I was traveling. That's kind of going to go into what I did this weekend. Do you want me to start it off? Since oh, you so were... you went to Hawaii for the canceled bowl game, right? No, no, <laughs> no, I did not. I know. No, I did well, I'll not. I'll start it off because you usually like to rant, okay. so I'll start it off. Okay, go ahead. Um, my brother, obviously, is here and everything. We, I took him to Legoland. We went and did the Legoland. I FaceTimed D'Angelo. Was it insane, Gary? Was it insane? So the thing is, it's good, but my nephews aren't – one's not old enough and the other's too scared to ride rides. So they didn't really get a chance to experience all the rides. So, like, your kids would be fine because your kids enjoy the rides. They would do it all. So So why did you take them there if you knew Because they didn't know at that point. So – it's still right. fun. They got to see all everything made out of Legos. They got to play in the playgrounds and all that kind of stuff. And they had a good time seeing it. So it's still fun. Uh-huh. Uh, it's about an hour outside of Disney, though. So how, you get how, how many people? How many people? How many adults? How many kids? I'm trying to get this picture painted. Oh, there's a lot. What, what do you mean there was a lot? I'm talking about in your crew, it was oh, a lot of y'all? No, 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 no. It was three adults, two kids. Oh, okay. And we okay, had so- the youngest is trying to climb through exhibits to get to the... Uh, Legos. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's fun. Oh, that's fun. High alert. High alert. Yep. So at, at any point, like, was anything up for debate other than the fact that, hey, you know, they won't go on these uh, these rides, I guess? Well, well they got in, ro- in line for one, and then 
the youngest would have done it, but he didn't want to wait in the line, so he was okay. over it. And then the other one got in line, and then as he got closer, he backed out. So he didn't do it. They ended up doing one. Oh, see, one that's ride. what I'm saying. You yeah. you didn't get them. Hey, if we stand in this line, you gonna get on this ride. You didn't. I'm talking about those kind of debates where you no, just like that's on that's on my brother, not me. I'm just the fun know? uncle who doesn't have to discipline him. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, makes sense. So right. so we did that, and it was a good time. Um, and then came back, had a bonfire for the fourth. Uh, I mean, not for the fourth, but for the New Year's. Okay. Uh, everybody was asleep before midnight, besides yes, me. I was. Um, and that's been really my weekend. Really didn't do much else. Okay. I, that, that'll lead me to this question right here before I get into what I did this weekend. And I asked this question. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts as well, Tom. Which one is the holiday? New Year's Eve or New Year's? Neither. Hot button topic. It's just another day. Well, if it's another day, then why we put so much emphasis on it then, Gary? We do like, the same thing with Valentine's Day, which is just another day. We do the same thing with some random holidays. Uh, I can make July 4th. Okay, makes sense. Uh, Christmas. Okay, makes sense. Thanksgiving makes sense. Halloween. That's a created holiday, but I love ho- Halloween, so I can't hate on it. But Valentine's Day created to sell to sell gifts, and New Year's is it's just another day. It's not like it. It's that big of a deal. Everybody makes their New Year's resolutions, and then in a month they're no longer doing them. That's usually the how it works. And it's just an excuse for people to party and get drunk. Oh, you chose violence. You just hold <laughs> up. I told you. Whoa. I think to what? me it's it's kind of similar to Christmas. You have Christmas Day, but then we also celebrate Christmas Eve. So I think New Year's Day is the holiday, but everyone you know, is celebrating on New Year's Eve because you really the New Year's Eve, the whole part is the countdown to, you know, the new year. So New Year's Eve isn't really much until that countdown hits. And then New Year's Day is the holiday, in my opinion. And then mine, neither. Wow, Gary, the fact that you, <laughs> you said you can understand Christmas. I brought daggers. You said you can understand Christmas. Christmas, just, yeah, I, Chris, yeah, Christmas is because it's based around the Jesus, right? But what what does Jesus have to do with Santa Claus and the the giving and the giving and giving up of Christmas gifts? That has nothing to no, do. No, I I don't think that giving and giving up is has anything to do with. That. I think that was created, but I think it is. It's the same thing. Like I agree. I, I, but I, I'm just I'm saying Christmas the the aspect of the giving. Was yeah. created, but I think Christmas itself it stands for something. So, so with that being said, before I kick off my weekend on what I did, I want to. Can we close twenty twenty one? Well, uh, yeah, we and, can. If we, you want to answer the questions dealing with Christmas and close twenty twenty one, then let you go because we had two from last week. No, 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 no. no. I'm, 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 I still want to talk about. I want to talk about Betty White, bro. I want to talk about Betty White because I, I look, I love Betty White to death. I, I do. Uh, God rest her soul. Whoever y'all believe in, you know, um, that's who I'm praying to for her and her family. Okay. But she has been old my entire life, bro. She has been like, I've never seen a young picture of Betty White, bro. I had to ask for one on social media. Yeah, she's been over 60 since you've been alive. Bro, that's what I'm saying. That's everybody. Like, mm-hmm. even my 50 year old friends was like, dang, she was old when I was old. 
Bro, she lived a long time, dude. Lived and worked long- a long time. Yes. I this is what I don't understand. So she got her first start on Mary Tyler Moore. I guess that was her like big project because apparently she's been doing shows and things of that nature for a very long time. I can only remember her from Golden Girls. Correct. That's all I can remember from. That was the biggest hit to me. But everybody want to Google her IM, IMD or whatever it is. IMDB. Yeah, Shout they want to Google that and be like, oh, yeah, this is when she first started. They want to act like they Betty White enthusiast. Um which I, I, I'm saying, but can you imagine, bro, working all of those years, dude? Like, she worked up until, I'm pretty sure, her death. And she was 99. Well, she, I know she hadn't been out since COVID really hit because of the risk. So I know she hasn't been doing much there. She was supposed to be doing, which they're still going to air, the 100th birthday celebration now it's going to be a memorial type thing but it's like a movie thing at time and also time's doing a piece on her as well bro yeah yeah. she's uh she i everybody was talking about like how her career had expanded over you know centuries and years and all and i was just i couldn't get over the fact that like Bro, she was old when I was born, and then she, but she never aged though. Correct. She you, always so looked old. You need to. It's either on HBO or it's on Netflix. Could be Hulu. It's one of the services. There is a documentary about her life. It's like an hour long. It is really good because you mm-hmm. learn so much about her that you did not know, like the early days of her, and then her like. Yeah, who she, how she was married, and then when she lost him, she didn't really want to be with anybody else and all that kind of stuff. Right, because I've never seen her with a guy. So like, there's it is it is really enlightening on her. I watched it about a year and a half ago because I was okay. like, oh, this looks interesting. Betty White, she's awesome. So yeah. I think it's definitely something. I don't know if it's on Amazon, if it's on Netflix, or it's on Hulu, or it might just be on HBO or one of those. But there is like an hour documentary and it talks about her, and it's really good. Right. So so. I I I'll ask this question. If I wanna if I wanna express my feelings about Betty White, and I wanna do I wanna express my feelings in the right way, where I'm not trying to clout chase, or I'm not trying to. How do I express that? I I, I obviously I can't go to social media because if I go to social media, uh, you know, people will dig into my background and be like, you've never said anything about Betty White. Oh, so now all of a sudden you're a Betty White fan. So how do you express? Being a fan of somebody, if you've never publicly came out and said you was a fan, I don't you think see what you, I'm saying. You see I what don't I'm think asking? You have to though, because like I've never came out and said I'm a fan of D'Angelo. Like, it's, yeah, it's, but everybody like, know you're my friend though. Yeah, you but see what I'm like, saying? Like, I, my favorite actor is Johnny Depp. I've never went on social media like, oh, Johnny Depp's amazing act. I, that's just not right. In the event that he passed away, actor, that's what it is. But like, I'm not like I don't go into depth. I don't think it matters. I think it's you could still put out what you thought if somebody wants to judge you because of what you like and oh you've never said something about them they they have nothing better to do with their life well do you not think like this is very similar to like somebody recording themselves helping somebody out that need the help no i think that's terrible because is that not the same thing i don't think it is because it's more your remembering especially if somebody passes away it's like hey i enjoyed her in this now if you're going through imdb and pulling up all of her old work that you've never seen and you're doing it you're a terrible person Okay. And you're just saying, I love yeah. her from this, but you've never seen her in it. You're not yeah. a good person. You're just doing it for the clout. But if, like, for me, my most iconic role for me, obviously, I never watched Girl and Girls, but the one that stands out to me 
other than the proposal was Lake Placid. Very B-rated horror movie, but her character was just hilarious because she was the one feeding the alligator and keeping it there. And her whole line of pushing her husband into the wood chipper because he got rough with her. And it was just hilarious. So that's my most iconic role that sticks in my head, even though it's not like a big role for her. But it was just because it was funny. And I didn't really know much about her because it came out in early 2000s, maybe even before that, maybe early 2000s. And then the proposal, obviously, with Ryan Reynolds, her comedic side, that was awesome. And it just in general, I think I didn't know her from Golden Girls, so I didn't know all that I never watched it, so that was my first real taste of her. So I would I wouldn't say oh I loved her in Golden Girls. I didn't see her, so I can't say judge on it. Obviously, I've seen some clips. It's hilarious. I know everybody's been posting the one recently about one where she ad libbed the whole thing and the other two characters broke and laughing in the middle of the scene, and it was filmed live, so oh, like they, they can't stop. But she did not break character at all, and she created the whole story on the on the spot and it was about a flea circus a herring circus and it was it's funny it was was, it's great but i don't i've never seen the show so i'm not attached to the show like that but it makes me want to watch it because i want to see how she was and i know the other two actresses in it were amazing in their own right as well and betty white's just the one that lived the longest was able to keep everything going with it that makes sense i uh so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna dive into what i did this weekend gary okay uh Golly, I, that one. What you did this weekend? Sheesh. Nah, bro. I just, you know what? <laughs> there you go, time. There you go. You gotta remember, you this like, is the this is the cinnamon show. This this is not the cinnamon show. This is the sugar and cinnamon show, bro. I'm just, you know, adding a little bit of time. I get it. I understand. But th- this this is time so, makes everything better. <laughs> it does. <laughs> time does. You're absolutely right. Um, so I went. I went to pick up my uh, my nieces and nephews uh, for the week and all the way until the weekend. Um, and it was interesting because it was a different dynamic. And this was the first time that I realized that I had a bubble, right? Uh, and when I say the first time I realized I had a bubble, it's like you know, there's there's certain things that you're used to at your house. And then there are certain things you're not used to. And when those not things you're used to kind of come into play, it kind of throw everything kind of off balance. And you just kind of and you're chasing that balance uh, until you you recover it. And uh, it was fun. Uh, my nieces and nephews, they had a great time, uh, learned a lot about them. We got into a, a lot of, you know, arguments about movies and stuff like that. It was dope, man. It was absolutely awesome. Well, in the course of us, um, them coming in, my wife had her friends come in as well, and they brought their son, uh, which is my nephew. Uh, so they're they're more so not friends; they're family. Well, they get they end up they leave, uh, and uh, they left their daughter at home, and they left their daughter at home because uh, she had tested positive for COVID. But all of them, oh, no, she was sick. I'm sorry, no one had COVID. She was just sick, so they just left her at home. Uh, so they got up here and they stayed like a couple of days. We went to the movies, we hung out, and then they left because they were on their way to West Virginia, long drive or whatever. So in the course of them leaving our house and going to West Virginia, they stopped and got an at-home test, and uh, he tested positive for COVID. So they're on their way to West Virginia, 
as a person that just tested positive for COVID on the at-home test that you just went and bought from the store, what's your next move, Gary? I would say you'd have to call the people that you were with and let them know you tested positive. But I would probably, before I did that, I'd have a second test because with at-home tests and like the rapids, there's always a lot of false negatives or false positives. So I would, I think you should always do a double to make sure and then go from there. And then you have to let the people know that you were with, especially if it comes back positive, that you had COVID so they themselves can get tested. Tom, what are you doing? You just tested positive for COVID on your at-home test and you're in between your destination and you 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 really can't go back i mean you can but it's a wasted trip at that point so my question to you is is you just also, tested positive is your is a, your destination home or is your destination another vacation no 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 your destination was west virginia so it's not you're, home no 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 you're on your way to west virginia to the to your uh uh family house that you was going to in the first place our st- our oh, house that's canceled right our our house was just the the, the stopping point in between so they was leaving our house going over there. Yeah, that's but, canceled. So he woke up that morning and he said his throat was hurting. So he went and got a test and it came back positive for COVID. So they're in the middle or maybe right outside of West Virginia. Oh, I'm talking oh, about Let's hear times. Let's hear times. They're like right there. So you say you go home. You're saying I say, yeah, it's canceled. And you I say first you do a second test. And if it comes back positive again, then if it comes back negative, you got to do a third test. And then whatever that is, that's your choice. That's the decision. That's what it is. And then if it's positive, it's canceled. You're going home. And if it's not, and then you're calling everybody that you were with and let them know you were tested positive. Time your turn. What about you, Ty? Yeah. I mean, just given the nature of everything, that you got to turn around and head back home. <laughs> okay. So you're an hour and a half from West, from West Virginia. You 12 hours from home. You it's a busted trip. You got to go home. Stay at a hotel for a night. Yeah, got it. Okay. So so he picks up the phone and he calls uh, us because he was the first one and he's crying. So I'm talking about it was bad, man. And he was apologizing and he was like, hey, you know, I'm sorry. And I go, no, it's okay. I was just telling my wife earlier that I couldn't smell. And uh, she like jumped down my throat. I couldn't smell. And uh, she goes, well, what do you mean you can't smell? I go, because my nose is stopped up. I can't smell anything because I can't breathe through my nose. <laughs> I'm sorry that I can't smell anything. She was like, oh, no. God. So he called. He was crying. And so I had to take my nieces and nephews back um, back home. So in order for me to take them back home, because my, my sister has a, a, a six-month-old back at the house. So now I have to go get a COVID test before um, I can take them back. And not only do I have to get the COVID test, my niece also has to get a COVID test as well because she said her throat was hurt. So I go get a COVID test. Well, every to get a COVID test around here is tough. You got to either pay for it or you won't be able to get on the list you for it. You got to get one off the black market these days. Right. You, that's that's <laughs> where you got to get one off. It, it's like It's like reselling shoes now. Uh, on getting a COVID test, man, you get you you get you a bunch of them. You can, you can really corner the market. So, um, I go get a COVID test after we figure out how we can schedule it, and I end up having to pay for it because you know he was he was kind of uh you know sick about it. So he also called that family in West Virginia, 
and said, hey, you know, we're an hour or so out. I just took an at-home test. I tested positive for COVID. And the person on the other end said, we have old people here. You can't come here. Rightfully so. And he turned around and he went home. Right? When he gets home, which was 14 hours later or longer or whatever the case may be, he takes another test. It's negative. He got a false positive mm-hmm. the first time, which created this wave of... Hold on, hold on, let's clarify. He got a false positive the first time that he thinks. He could have got a false negative the second time. You wouldn't know until you take that third test. Well, see, that's the that's the crazy part about it. So when I came back negative and everybody in this house came back negative, it it... <clears throat> It was interesting because you can kind of see that was a small sample size of what companies are dealing with National Football League, the NBA, when he got a he got a false positive. And when that that chain reaction of that false positive is more harmful than actually getting the diagnosis. Correct. Because you 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 setting everybody else up to to have to go get these tests or put themselves in a situation and and it's crazy, dude, that that domino effect, uh, because we were running all over the place. It took us two or three days to even schedule. It. And she was like, you're not you're not taking them home uh, unless you're uh, uh, unless you, you know, the test come back negative. It was insane, dude. Uh, all because of a, a, a potential false positive, because you are like you said, Gary, it could have been a false negative. Correct. That's the thing is, has he t- tested again? Because I think. That's the one thing I disagree with the NFL when they say, oh, as soon as you get a false uh, negative, as soon as you get a negative, you're good to go. But there's false negatives. There's false positives all the time. You sh- it should be test twice and whatever. If it comes back the same thing twice, then that's what it is. If it, they come back separate, you have to be tested a third time to find out what it is. So that's, the only, that's the only way to do it. So you knock out if there's a false positive, false negative. Yes, it still could be another false positive, false negative. But the chances are are less likely because you've already had two other ones. You're gonna have you might have more clarity, and that's that's I think that's the best way to go about it. And I understand why the NFL said, "Hey, if you get a negative, we don't care if it's a false negative. To to the optics, it's negative. We're good to go." But they could have been positive. It could have been a false negative. That's why I think it should be tested. It should be two times tested negative, or if there's one of each, you gotta have a third test. Gotcha. Makes sense. So after, you know, all that happened, I, I had opportunity, you know, because uh, when they end up going back home, I end up, you know, uh, getting that taken care of or what have you. So I got a chance to sit down and, you know, watch some football. Uh, and after watching football, I thought it was interesting because um, I heard Kirk Curbstreet say something that uh, it really bothered me, man. It really bothered me because Kirk played football. Kurt's a college player. Uh, he's he's been there before. Now he's been gone for quite some time now. But uh, did you hear what Kurt said? I know you put something in our chat. So, uh, Kurt Kerstreet, after watching the game, uh, like right before uh, one of the games, he was talking about uh, college uh, football players not playing in bowl games, like opting out and you know, going ahead and making that jump to the National Football League. Well, he said, I think that this era player just doesn't love football. 
he's saying that because of these kids, um, I, I, I guess a better question is, is has it ever been the love of football? Like, has anybody just loved football, not for what it did for them or football, what it's doing for football, but just it's a conduit, I thought. I At thought least that's 5%. what all sports were supposed to be. Less than 5% do it just for football. And so he, he'd he rather bank all his money on that 5% than on the 95? Because maybe he's in that 5%, so he thinks everybody else no to be. Because he's getting paid to broadcast these games. Yeah, I'm so, saying that could be. I don't know. So th- that's what I'm. That that that's why it bothers me. Not only that, for him to say that this era, until he got to where he got to, I mean, we all gonna have to endure some stuff. We get it. Um, but when you when you make comments like this on a sport that you played and you know how tough it is, man, come on, come on, don't 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 forget where you came from, bro. Please don't. But, but I I take that back. Because Kirk could have been somebody in football that uh, that it was just kind of given to him all his life. I don't, I don't know. I just he's an Ohio State guy, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, to me, I think what it is <clears throat> there's been a shift over the past few years of um, football becoming more and more about the individual, especially at the college level. I mean, just college sports in general, instead of hey. Uh, let me go to school or grow to bat for my school because, you know, people would blindly, you know, follow what their school wants them to do. And it's starting to come out like, hey, you know, these people weren't getting paid. Uh, these athletes aren't getting paid. These athletes aren't, you know, getting, you know, their their livelihoods are on the line. And people are starting to realize that. And it's like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I should take care of myself as opposed to doing what's best for my school. And I think that's not a bad thing. Well, I that's think that- I think the problem is that when has the schools or even NFL ever actually cared about the players? They never have. So why should the players care about the teams or the college? Because you can lose your scholarship. You could get cut anytime and you get nothing. You get hurt. Your team could just say, you're screwed. Well, next man up, you'll never play again. It it don't matter to us. We'll We'll replace you. And I think that's the biggest issue. Players are finally betting on themselves and making the smart business decision to help their life and not help the college's life or the team's life. It's about themselves because that's what the teams and colleges are about. They're about themselves, not the players. And I think Herb Street's side of it is he is about the college teams because that's how he's getting paid by having electrifying games, his commentating, all that kind of stuff allows him to get paid a lot of money to commentate on these type of things. And the game's not as good. He, his pay's going to go down because the viewership's not going to be there. And I think he knows that. So he's trying to make it where it's a play. Oh, these players need to play these games. I don't think they do. They can do whatever's best for them. It's their choice, not anybody else's choice. I don't, nobody has any right to tell them what to do. If it works for them, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's their choice. They're adults at that time. Well, the the reason why I have a, a a hard time listening to to a lot of these uh, guys that talk about football and how football players are are uh, you know maybe they don't care about football as much or maybe they put in you know the dollar before the football whatever case or whatever position you take a stand on the facts are this right here uh, one this kid right here is putting his health on the line. We know it kind of comes 
with the job description. We we totally understand that. And then two, uh, football's hard. Football is hard as shit, dude. Yeah, people don't. People don't outside people of football understand don't understand. That. They don't like uh, people see and like, oh yeah, that's easy. You don't un- like. That's the biggest thing that bothers me. Like with pro football focus, the people that are doing analytics and breaking down games and giving people grades, they didn't play the sport, and they're judging players on their on their ability of blocking all that kind of stuff without actually knowing what the scheme is, who they're supposed to block what they're supposed to do when this play happens. But everybody's a critic. Everybody is a professional that's watching and commentating on it other than the people that actually play the game and have played it. The ones that have played it, when you hear Tony Romo, Aikman, they have more insight than the other guys because they've done it their whole life. They've played this forever. Like They know what they're talking about, and that's why they have so much more to say than the other guys that have never played before or didn't play in the NFL. There's a whole different level, and people don't understand how difficult it really is. You always see that stat. It's in every college on the percentage, the chance of you making the NFL. Yeah. It is so minuscule, and it's so hard to do it, but everybody thinks they're like, you hear the armchair, armchair quarterbacks, people commenting on Twitter how this guy should have did this, this should have did this. If you haven't played professional, you have no idea the speed the amount of no. the thinking you have to go into it and how things change on the fly so quick. Right. And not only that, kind of going back, Gary, to to these young men not playing in these bowl games. Um, as you can see, I can give you example after example after example. The Ole Miss quarterback, he goes down. Uh, one of those reasons why, you know, guys opt out like, ah, nah, I'm cool. I'm, I'm going to chill out. I mean, granted, it could have been the game before that or the game before that one or the game before that one. But what people have to understand is, and this is how I'm looking at it, as a college or collegiate athlete, you know, when I when I chose to come to that university or that school and that team, I told that team that I'm going to give you everything that I possibly got. And in the course of me giving you everything I possibly got, all the extra stuff, now that belonged to me, bowl games, Bowl games are something that you earn. That That's having a winning season. In the event that you earn that bowl game, it's up to you on whether or not you want to accept it or not. And that that's the only reason why I'm okay with athletes saying, hey, I choose not to play in this game. Now, if you're talking about the regular season finale and this is to get you somewhere, like that, you owe that to your team in the regular season. But the bowl games, man, you can chill out. Even in the national championship, or even in the playoffs, if you decide like, hey, you want to chill, gonna hurt you. But I think it's okay for you but, to do that. But I also think you don't see the players sitting out in those games because they mean so much more than just a random Meineke card. Do you think terrible. it ever happened though? Do you think anybody would ever sit out the BCS playoffs? <sighs> no. Honestly, no. That's a statement, Gary. That is yes, a I don't think statement, so. Bro. I don't think I would that say that is a statement. Because well, I think for that is there's still like you know we're talking about the individual uh, over the school, but like as an individual, you still have a lot of love for your team and you have a lot of want to accomplish things. So like when it comes to one of those big bowls, I could see you wanting to play in that because you know you 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 have certain milestones and goals that you want to reach yourself especially if it's a national championship be able to go around and tell people you're a national champion the rest of your life that's a that's a that's a big feat whereas if you're playing in the you know 
Whataburger, uh, you know, fry bowl or the Hawaii uh, bowl. Or so, so, <laughs> so look, so, so you telling you telling me you're the number one at whatever position that you're in, and you're getting ready to go against the number one of another position, and you know that if you everybody's telling you like, hey man. You can shut it down right now, and you'll be the number one pick overall, or you can go into this game, get exposed, and lose a couple spots. What decision are you making? Well, it's funny you say that because I feel like that happened in the playoffs this week, this year. Really? I think leading into the playoffs, everybody was like, Aiden Hutchinson's going to be the number one pick in the draft. Aiden Hutchinson, the DN of uh, Michigan, is yes, going to be the, yes. that tackle for Georgia. Yeah, Georgia de- yeah, yeah. destroyed Aiden yes. Hutchinson that whole game. Yeah. Whole another level of a player. And that guy's not – he's not coming out this year. He's still coming back, that tackle. So yeah. you're, this is supposed to be the legit number one. And he, I think he had one good play the whole game. And he didn't do anything that would justify to me him being the number one. Over. Obviously, I didn't watch him all year. Obviously, he's done well, but they didn't have to double-team him in this game. They right. said, here, tackle. You take him. We're good to go. We're not worried about it. And he had did nothing. Right. And so, so I think I think it hurt him. I don't think he's number one now. Ooh, I don't know who ooh. is, but I don't think he's so, number one. So, so with that being said, do you sit – going into this game, if he had that advice, and, I, I mean, no, obviously we know – No, I still think he plays because it is the college playoffs – and it's so hard to get there. I think nobody's going to sit out the college playoffs. I have, I think they'll have no problem sitting out the other bowl games because they're not the playoffs. It's a big difference. Gotcha. So I think college playoffs, I don't think players are going to sit out of. But I think Rose Bowl, the other bowl games that, yeah, they're big, but they're not the college playoff. Players don't care anymore because it's risking their injury. College playoff, you get a chance to go against the best of the best. And if you, if Aiden Hutchinson came out and dominated, he's 100% the number one. Or he would have had a good game. Because it's a different talent. But I think it showed the SEC's talent compared to the other things. Cincinnati didn't deserve to be in there. But there was nobody else that deserved it. Whoa, 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 whoa. What you ain't going to do is is do that. What What, you ain't going to do is do that, Gary. Look, they gave it everything that they had. Cincinnati was the best option of what else was available. There was nothing else that deserved to be in there. So I'm fine with Cincinnati being there, but they showed they did not deserve to be in the the conversation with Alabama. That's all. There was no other fourth team out there. Cincinnati had beat Notre Dame, who looked terrible in their bowl game, which discredits Cincinnati's win against Notre Dame. But there was no other team that was a legit number four. I think right now you saw the best two teams were in the SEC and they're playing each other in championship. I think it showed clearly. That makes sense. I I, I get it. I get it. Well, yeah, well, we was watching that and I was like, yeah, uh, you know, it's crazy that people would, you know, say this about these kids when, you know, they're literally putting their health on the line for the university to make extra money. Because when you qualify for these bowl games, that's extra money coming to the university, not money that they already allotted for themselves through the athletic department. Um, and, oh, and I would like I, to hear Time's opinion on all that, though. Okay. On which part? I pretty much already told you how I felt about it. Like, do you think any player would sit out that? Do you think, like, did you watch the college playoffs? Just in general, do you think Cincinnati deserved, like, did they make do a good showing? I would like to hear your two. Did you think they oh, had yeah. a good showing in the game? Because I think it should put to bed that these teams deserve to be there if they go undefeated. They need to play more talent. That's all. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, there it's it's hard to say that all people fit into that box, but it definitely 
you know, opens your eyes to, okay, Cincinnati got whooped by Alabama, who you could just tell, you know, was a superior team. And then, obviously, Georgia went undefeated because they lost to Alabama. And they, you know, <laughs> hurt Michigan pretty bad. So, it's like, all right, SEC is king. We knew that. As far as, you know, people sitting out, you know, like I said, I think if it depends on, you know, what kind of bowl you're in. If you're going for a national championship, that's a goal that many kids have on their mind, just like they want to make the NFL, um, you know, and they're probably going to stick around and play. But if, uh, you know, you're playing in a lesser bowl, like the Hawaii Bowl. like Correct. Hawaii Bowl. Oh, wow. Y'all assholes. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to play in the Hawaii Bowl, especially go there and get canceled. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Time's never played in any bowl, so he'll accept anything. Correct. Yeah. Hey, look, he played, I played, no, he played I the cereal bowl. Yeah, I was gonna say he played in the. Well, he also played in the intramural bowl. <laughs> that's um. right. That's right. Don't say. I got. I got a couple of intramural championships under my belt. Don't play. Do you? Hey. Oh yeah. On the bench, but he was on the team. No, no, so no, no, no. Just like Brian Scalabrini, he's got championships too. Touchdown in one. In one of them, I caught the game winning touchdown in one. Don't play. That's right. It's rough. I, I I do I do have a a a, a convo that I want to have because I, I I know y'all want to talk about it and we ain't gonna get past it. But Antonio Brown. Hold on, before you say anything, I want to play oh, okay, something good. for you. Good. He is no longer a buck. All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. He is no Bruce Arians in the post game press conference. He is no longer a buck. So I think we probably all had that inkling inclination whatever that word is i'm looking for it. <laughs> he was probably done for when we saw what happened but yes uh what do you think about that antonio brown situation yeah because yeah, you i don't them. see i don't see anything wrong with it uh, and and i'm gonna tell you no wh- I, i'm gonna tell you why i don't see anything wrong with it bro but but before i tell y'all that i want to hear y'all side I, I want y'all to tell me why it was wrong because every one of y'all gonna tell me why it was wrong but I'm gonna tell you why I think that it's right. You think it's right that he got released? Okay, we're on the same page there. No, um, no, no. I'm talking no. about the, the the behavior he gave us. Is I guess because I'm gonna be different and everybody else is gonna be pretty much the same. I'll just state the fact that I'm different and I'll go first, Gary. So I'll go first. This is why I don't see a problem with what Antonio Brown did on the football field in terms of taking his uniform off and leaving. Every one of us know that Antonio Brown got a lot of money taken for him uh, during the course of this, him being vaccinated, not being vaccinated. And the only way that he was going to make that money back was through these last couple of games. Well, in order for him to make that money back, he got to hit certain incentives in his contract. And I bet you money because I know Antonio Brown. I bet you money that they've been talking about it all week, how he was going to have X amount of yards and that they was going to hit that incentive. They was going to hit it. They was going to hit it. They was going to hit it. And then they got into this game. And when they got into this game, he didn't throw the ball to Antonio Brown like he said he was going to do to help him hit that incentive to get that money back. That's why he took his uniform off because he wasn't recouping the money. He knew then that he just lost thousands or millions of dollars depending on what that incentive was because I think he was losing, what, 330000 a game or something like that? But he was going to be able to get that back through the incentives that he was going to hit because of how many yards he had last week. So it's, it's very interesting that 
that everybody can see that um you know it was wrong but then on top of that too we all know that he has some mental health issues so do we just sit back and like laugh at him and like uh, point the finger at him and say ha 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 you screwing up a a a, a great opportunity or do we we start now extending our hand trying to help him because so, i mean clearly you can see that there's something wrong with him so, this is what happens when something you tell him all week, it's, it's literally like your kid. When you tell them all week you're going to do something, and then that day you don't do it, they throw a temper tantrum. This is it. This is what you get. So so I don't think it has anything to do with Brady not throwing the ball. I think it might have had to do with more of him not being on the field. It might have been like they didn't call the the formations that he was in. But, again, we're all guessing that's what it was. Right, we don't right. know. We don't know for the sure. The coaches could have went that. off on him and said something he didn't like, too. We don't know, obviously. So until we know for sure, we, we're just speculating. But I, I have a problem with it just because your team's trying to come back and win. Obviously, Brady has stood up for you multiple times. He got you in Tampa. So basically, it's a slap in Brady's face for bringing him there. Brady's the reason why he's in the league right now. If it wasn't for Brady, A.B. would not be in the league. And, a and Brady extended an olive branch, everything. Got him in New England, got him in Tampa doing all that stuff. I think that was disrespectful to Brady in that aspect. And I would equate to me and you, D, because me we had our we had our little spat on the race. Don't do this. Don't do this. I'm not, not no, I'm not bringing up. I'm just saying we had the little spat on the race. And right. it was just more of a I felt like you were just it was just a slap in my face. And we were we were good. We had an understanding we're yeah. good. But I'm just saying that's what I feel like. I don't know if if A B is gonna have a chance to talk to Brady like that again. I don't because I'm sure Brady's gonna try and call him and figure out what happened, but he can't help him anymore. I understand he can't help him anymore, but how is that a slap in his face though? If you know that, look, Gary, Brady you, extended everything we don't, to get him there. Gary, Gary, we don't, we don't know what happened. Gary, we don't have to be a therapist to know that there is something wrong with him. So, so my other question, right, we don't, we don't have to, right. So, with that being said, on top of you telling him all week. And telling him, like, hey, man, I'm going to get you this, I'm going to get you that, I'm going to get you this, I'm going to get you that. Obviously, the game didn't go that way. It didn't go that way. And at the event that it didn't go that way, like, and I'm not putting this on Brady. Somebody should have went over there and be like, man, you know, this is a rough one, but we're going to get through it. The worst thing that could have happened to Antonio Brown happened, and that's them winning that game. Because at the point that he did it, they was down a couple scores, he had walked out, and he was – quote unquote the man because of his performance last week. So the fact that he didn't play as well and he walked off the field and they still came back and won the game. Granted, they was playing the Jets. It's it's crazy to me that one, he would even do this because that's like walking off New England back in the days. Uh you walked off New England, you was done done. Nobody in the NFL would touch you. Well, no, I, he, he's done. That. I guarantee. That's what I'm saying. Nobody, nobody will touch him now. They, no, nobody will touch him because of this. Even with his great numbers, I saw something because some people were tweeting yesterday that um, this potential stunt right here could have cost him a Hall of Fame nod. And I was like, ooh, that's interesting because it could. It 100% could. He's played in two Super Bowls. Um, did he uh, win? I, I think I don't know if it would cost. I think it would cost him an earlier, just like To. I think it took To longer because of his antics, but To eventually yeah. got in. It could, uh, but I think the problem is I think if, if there's mental health issue, have people extended the olive branch to get him help and he turned it down, or yeah. has anybody even tried? That's the question that we need to know because 
if he's turning everything down, that he's get, getting in his own way. If he's not willing to help himself, there's not anything anybody else can do. If they're trying. Now, if there's nobody trying, shame on everybody that's not even trying. They're just using him for his talent and saying, hey, we don't care about your health, your mental health. You're just going to do this for us. But I, I right. feel like... I feel like somebody, I don't know. I would hope to think somebody's helped, try to help, hey, but we don't know. In in all my years of playing football, bro, I've seen it on the practice field. I see it on the practice field all the time where people do the exact same thing and they shut it down and they go in and then, you know, it's no big deal. I have never, Gary, in a game, seen correct. it in a game, bro. In and a game. while the game's going on on yes. the field and you run across the field. Yes. But. Yes, like you talking about, like that's the you you say it loud and clear. Is this a guy quitting on his team gear, or is this a guy dealing with some mental health issues? I would say probably mental health issues, but also quit on his team. And that I think it can be both. Yeah, I think it could definitely be both. But okay. I have a question since you brought it up. I know Time has one thing he wants to ask, but since you brought up the Hall of Fame, I would like to hear y'all's. Do y'all think Steve Smith got snubbed from being on the ballot this year? Oh, one hundred percent. I'll give you the list of the other wide receivers that are on it. One second. The other wide receivers are Devin Hester, Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne. Ooh. One hundred percent. Hundred percent. Steve Smith Ooh. should have been in over Devin Hester. No. Hundred percent. No. I don't. Your your punt returns. And kick returns does not equate to how good of a receiver Steve Smith is. What? No. Gary, have you lost your damn mind? That's facts. Dude, I'm I'm okay. And this is no disrespect to Steve Smith. I I, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer, and he is a Hall of Famer. But do you realize what you're saying? What you're saying is, is you're saying that Steve Smith every down is better than Devin Hester on fourth down. You're my you, my yes, friend. You know, let me clarify. Let me also Steve Smith, when he was a punt returner, was the same thing as Devin Hester. And then no, he only did it for no, two years. No, he did no. it for two you years. Do, you do you do realize that Devin Hester changed the kicking style in the National Football League. We would rather start you on the 35 than kick the Devin Hester, whether it be punt or kickoff return. He revolutionized the position. So, therefore, he deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. Those that come before us or those that come alongside of us that do great things or do things that are history-driven, then they got to go in the hall, bro. They got to go in the hall. I don't, but I don't think he goes in before Steve Smith. Yes. I think he does, but not before Steve Smith. He's the most prolific return man in the history of the National Football League. That's just like you saying that when Justin Tucker's up and there's other receivers on the board, those receivers should go before Justin Tuck. And that man's a Hall of Fame kicker. Yeah. It's just the people, you you look at, you. it don't depend on the receivers. This man is great at what he do. We're not picking, we're talking a Hall of Famer. We're not talking about, hey, you was a Hall of Famer at this position. Devin Hester was a he's a Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer, period. First ballot. And no. he's gonna prove that. What? I disagree. Time, I would like to hear your opinion. Or, or time, don't talk. That's fine. Let me just put it like this. Like, so the people you listed, Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, obviously Devin Hester's in there for 
different reasons, not necessarily receiving. Steve Smith has more receiving yards than every one of those guys. Correct. He has more touchdowns than everyone except Reggie Wayne, and Reggie Wayne only has one more than him. And then receptions, he has more receptions than Torrey Holt. Uh, he has less than Andre Johnson, and then, but only by like 30, and then less than Reggie Wayne. But every other category, he's ahead of them. So I don't, I don't know if it's just a time thing, or but that not only that, but it's like Steve Smith was, you know, I think this part you got part you got put into it is like he was a franchise player, you know. Um, Reggie Wayne, you kind of had Peyton there for that, so that was more Peyton. Andre Johnson, yeah, he was a franchise player for the Texans, I would say, but even then, you know, I don't think he necessarily had the longevity uh, that I would equate to someone like Steve Smith, even though, you know, he played, um, you know, not far in games. And then, you know, Torrey Holt, I understand he was battling with Isaac Bruce um, for, you know, receptions and everything, so that's a little bit different, but um, I don't know. I just, it just, and it could be my Panther fandom that's talking, uh, saying that this is a travesty, but I really don't think it is. I think that Steve Smith uh, should have definitely been in there, and uh, I'm shocked. No, I agree, because I think Torrey Holt, I only remember Torrey Holt from the three years with the Rams. That's all that I know of Torrey Holt, so I can't. I, I, and then Andre Johnson was great, but again. I'm trying to I, remember who that receiver was. Who was that receiver from New Orleans that was from Hofstra University? That led the league in receptions and receiving for he was Marquise really good. Colston. Bro. I think. Marquise Colston. We'll we'll go back to that name while we're talking about numbers and all of yeah, that. That's because right. I just, I just, that's Marquise right. Colston. So this is my whole point. Steve Smith played for a team that didn't get the notoriety very very similar to New Orleans and Marquise Colston. Marquise Colston did amazing things in New Orleans, led the league. Uh, in receptions, I think at one point, uh, touchdowns, yards, I'm talking about, and never got the notoriety. And I think it has everything to do with the fact that he went to a smaller market. If Steve would have went to the Giants or he would have went to uh, one of those bigger teams where we there's more TV games and more Super Bowl appearances, then yeah, because everybody on that list that you just named had multiple Super Bowl appearances and did significant things while in the Super Bowl or won them. Well, I so, want to – at some point I want to have a discussion about the whole Hall of Fame itself because yeah. I feel like there's so many players that have made there's the so Hall many of Fame that don't deserve yeah. it, and then there's players that deserve to be in that aren't in it, and I don't know why. I don't so, know how people vote for this and how it works, but I'd be interested in let's dive into it one of these days. Yeah, the interesting the – interesting, dynamic about the national football league hall of fame is the fact that there's no criteria that you have to meet in order to make the hall of fame correct so it's it's, all subjective all subjective and it depends on how well you did and what what happened after you did what you did because i remember a one alden smith play for the 49ers number 99 when he came into the league he almost set the sack record as like a rookie or second year we had like 25 26 sacks and then he kind of got into some trouble and stuff like that. But my whole point of saying all that is, is that his three-year span or his two or three-year span when he was in the National Football League was very similar to that of J.J. Watts. And people say J.J. Watts a Hall of Famer but won't give the same to Alden Smith because he has to play a little bit longer. Well, 
Uh, yeah, let's save all that you for see that what discussion well, yeah, yeah, when we get I, into it. I, 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 I want to yeah. dive into that big okay. time at some point. Time, I know you had some questions. Let, let's go ahead and get your question, and then I have a question in the same realm. All right. Well, my question, I had two that dealt with my weekend, but I think we might could save one of them for another podcast because of uh, the nature of what it is. I wanted to ask you guys about the Spider-Man No Way Home movie. Ooh, um, yeah, we can save that one. Give everybody another week to watch it before we bust out some spoiler alerts. Um, but I want to talk to you. This is the question I had for you guys last week before we lost D'Angelo. We you know we talked about the beginning of Christmas. So Christmas, when does it begin? After Halloween, after Thanksgiving, you know, a uh, week before Christmas. But I want to talk about when does Christmas end? Because, you know, you got those people that are, in my opinion, psychos that have everything put away after Christmas Day. Like they are just on top of it. There's some people that put it away on Christmas Day. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm like, Lord have mercy. What, what I, is that about? I, I so think you got to January first. I think you got to January first. January first, okay. January first, because if I, you know, you should have all of December, uh, just like you got all of October. Uh, that's that's my opinion for uh, uh, um, uh, Halloween. So I, I, it's a monthly thing for me. Like you can celebrate, you know, uh, Valentine's month if you want to if you want to decorate it for it. yeah don't, you don't celebrate have to celebrate it at all don't celebrate okay well that's how you feel gear i mean you know you uh, obviously not in love but okay no valentine's day is a fake holiday um well gary we know you're single yeah right so valentine's day is a fake holiday. like single single hard like yeah valentine's day super is a fake single holiday. gary bro drove hey drew a line in the sand and said hey i bet that not 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 a nail nutter <laughs> valentine's day is a fake holiday but in y'all's question, uh, my response would be the first weekend in January, because most of the time people work during the week. So that way, when you get to the weekend, you can take everything down and over the weekend. So you don't have to do it when you have working and all that stuff. So I would say the first weekend that falls in January. Yeah, for me, I think it is you have to have all the Christmas stuff up by St. Patrick's Day, since that's the next big decoration. I hate you. <laughs> and we're next. We're on to the next topic. I was Gary? listening. I was listening to a, foot, a fans football podcast this week, and one of the guys was talking about how he leaves his tree up and decorates it for every holiday, just because he doesn't want to put his tree away. I have so my buddy he leaves his up all year, never takes it down. Oh no, that's too it's much. It's fake though. Yeah, that's too much. Well, yeah, I I tend to agree with you guys. I think, you know, uh, by New Year's Day or the week of New Year's is usually a good time. But people that that, uh, put their Christmas tree away on Christmas Day or the day after are people that can't be trusted. They don't like dogs. They eat yellow Starburst, and they like pineapple on pizza. I like pineapple on pizza. You better take that back. No, I had one last question, then we can end it. Uh, what was your best Christmas gift you received? Uh, I puzzles. I love puzzles. Uh, things that make me think. Uh, outside the box, and um, I got those and some brain uh, challenging games. So I was pretty doped and pretty like hype. What about you, Gear? Well, let time go, and I'll go last. Um, for me, honestly, this year was 
more about the presence we got for the baby. And that was exciting for me because this is kind of like the first year where I've been able to get Braden stuff and see him excited about it. So my gift was his happiness. I hate you. <laughs> uh, mine was this throw blanket my mom got made for me and my brother. It has a picture of our grandfather that passed away this year and has a saying on it. And I couldn't even look at it. I, I knew what it was because I saw a picture and I showed everybody yeah. else, but I couldn't look at it. That was probably my favorite gift. Oh, that's pretty dope, that's awesome. man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we we done there since D'Angelo? Yeah, that's it. That was my only question. <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. We will be back next week with another episode. Be sure you tune in. Are we on a hiatus on YouTube, guys? Or we y'all still got as far as as far as your videos? Yeah. Oh, we got some more stuff cooking. Is it the way? Oh, got some more stuff cooking, babe. And we're gonna have to film some videos while y'all are here for WrestleMania. I still haven't heard y'all book y'all's tickets yet, though. They haven't went on sale yet. Oh, yeah, we we waiting on them to go on sale time. But as soon as they go on sale, I'm talking about your plane tickets. Oh, those get booked once we make sure we got tickets. Yeah, um, yeah, they don't. It's a, it's a, it's a process. It is a process. And um, you know that WrestleMania tickets have definitely gone on sale already. Hey, here's the thing though. What's crazy <laughs> is they gonna always be available because nobody is like, it's really tough right now because this new variant man is really putting a damper on things. Uh, so just kind of navigating these waters are proving to be a little more difficult than we what thought it'd be. Boy, tell me y'all ain't coming to Dallas without telling me y'all ain't coming down. Look at all this bullshit y'all spending <laughs> so hard right now. Oh, I'm we're coming. <laughs> we know Dallas we open. Can, we know y'all open, bro. We know y'all open. Ain't nobody wearing masks or nothing, bro. We wide open down here, baby. Come on. You just, you just have those rooms ready for us. Hey, I, I got them. Come on. You free stay. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode. We out. We out, baby. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 